From the 1950s to 1990s, China was known as the Kingdom of Bicycles. Seas of bicycles filled the streets of every city, large and small. Bicycles were in such demand that the total number of flying pigeon bicycles produced in China remains, till today, unsurpassed by any other model of vehicle. A couple of cab drivers in a rural town of Wangqingtuo in China had interesting things to say about bicycles. Flying pigeon, red flag, these were the famous brands. To buy them, you needed tickets. Those were the three must-have items of every man. Three zhuan, a watch, a bicycle, sewing machines. These are three zhuan, things with wheels that turn. Buying a bike back then was like buying a car today. At that time, the transportation tool was the bicycle. Even then, the bicycle was much more than a tool. It was a symbol. The old red flag. Back when Mao Zedong came out on the red flag sedan, when he rode it out, people said, what is this? It's so fresh. There's that feeling. That's the same feeling when people see the old flying pigeon bicycles. The bicycle was a symbol of fresh prosperity in new China. If you are a Tianjin person, you must have bought a flying pigeon bike. Of course I bought. We bought it in 1986. Bought it for the bride. You needed to buy a flying pigeon bike. If you didn't buy it, you couldn't get married. My salary was $76 a month. But I spent 74 to buy a bike. We survived an entire month on the $2 I had left. What did you eat? We only fed the kid. China has changed. Seas of bicycles and city streets have been replaced by walls of cars and congested traffic. What has become of the bicycle today? I'm Gloria, and my friend Alice and I went to China this summer to figure this out. We go to the heart of bicycle production in China, Mangqingtuo, a rural town 25 miles out of Tianjin. Mangqingtuo used to be, like most of rural China, a backwater farming village. Its luck was in its location. Mangqingtuo was just a day's journey away from the famous bicycle factories in Tianjin City. In the early 1990s, some locals banded together to make their own bicycle assembly plant, sourcing parts from the city. The assembly plant brought wealth and neighbors wanted in. By the turn of the millennium, there were over 100 bicycle assembly firms and part factories in Mangqingtuo, and even now, the majority of the town works in the bicycle industry. She asked how long does it take to produce one bicycle? Our fastest speed is 20 to 25 seconds per bike. Three bikes a minute! This is the factory of Sanhuishun, a children's bicycle company in Wangqingtuo. It's a hot Sunday evening, just in time for the mid-year celebration dinner. Three tables are set in the open clearing immediately behind the factory, and in the corner, a chef roasts a whole lamb. The employees are mostly middle-aged men in polo tees rolled up to expose their bellies. We've worked hard for half a year, and we have success in the air, so we're roasting some lamb and boiling some fish ourselves today. Yu Heyong, the CEO of San Hoshun, offers a toast. Eat well, drink well. I hope our front factory and back factory, whether it's sales or parts or whichever department, can interact, get to know each other. We need to interact. 
because we are one body. San Heshun, we need to be one family. I wish our family prosperity and happiness. Over the past 20 years, San Heshun built a name for themselves in this town, making bikes that were affordable, that you didn't need to starve for a month to buy. Meanwhile, post-reform prosperity brought a new wave of consumers who enjoy the luxury of buying leisure bikes for their kids and grandkids. We came to the San Heshun family to hear from the people who rode this wave of prosperity. Let me tell you about my childhood. Here's the co-founder of San Heshun, President Cao Jianqin. President Cao is 43 years old, but looks 35. Her curly short hair highlights her alert eyes, and she sits behind a gorgeous natural wood table, gracefully pouring poor tea into her porcelain cups. When I was born, my father was 52. He was old, and all my siblings were married off. So my family needed someone to make a living, which is why I stopped schooling and went off to work. After sixth grade, I didn't go to middle school. I have always dreamed of going to school. I have never had enough school. Since I was 14, I was in breakfast business, fried dough fritters, and when I was 27, I started making children's bicycles. She perks up and shares with us San Heshun's rocky start 20 years ago. There came a person from Kangshan, Hebei, who ordered 600 bikes. At that time, it was like a dream. We signed a contract. We didn't really know what we were doing then. President Chao, she was so excited at her first big order that she commissioned 300 bikes to be made immediately, totaling 40,000 yuan of goods. That's about $20 a bike. But added together, it's roughly $6,000, or six times the average annual wage in China at that time. It was Sunday when President Cao arrived in the client city with her 300 bikes. The people turned her away, telling her that they would wire the money over on Monday. On the way back to her hometown, she sensed something was amiss, and the next day, she took another 90 miles back to the client city. I went and found their rented office in a tiny little inn. When I reached, they asked, Who asked you to come? Didn't we tell you we will send you the money on Monday? That was only a Sunday. And the inn's boss told me that they were actually a shell company. A shell company is one that has nothing else other than the name. They are liars. And hoping that they didn't just take the bikes away without paying for them, she scrambled to the warehouse where the 300 bikes were sitting, sleeping there overnight to make sure that no one took the bikes away. In hindsight, even if he didn't come to tow the bikes away, there was nothing I could have done at that point. Since then, I will only make deliveries after the payment is received. But the rocky start didn't stop President Cao. 
所以说三和顺啊，经营这么健康经营走下来，这三和顺 can operate so healthily for twenty years until today because we had our first mishap and learned from it. 经过第一年下来，就感觉哎呀。After the first year, I thought to myself, if I can make five thousand a month, even if I made five thousand a year, that'll be pretty sweet. To my surprise. In the first year, we were already earning a profit. One year after another, we kept growing exponentially. Employees in San Hechun are like President Tao. They grew up with little schooling and hustled their way into a better future. I'm Liu Xinian. I'm responsible for the R&D division. Xinian is a soft-spoken 25-year-old who dreams of becoming a soccer player, but he found himself in the bicycle industry because that was what everyone else in his town was doing. My language expressions aren't very good.、Uh, my name is Zhu Xiaobo. I've been at this factory for a year and a half already. Xiaobo was recruited from a nearby town to work at San Hechun, unlike Xinian, who was born and raised in this bicycle town. Xinian and Xiaobo are the two in-house R&D experts who create the designs for the bikes San Hechun manufactures, and they share President Tao's scrappy but bold vision. This is a dream. I want to make bikes that are safer for kids. It's not just a bike, but it's their friend. The bike can help children to improve their cognitive skills. The child can assemble the bike himself without ever hurting his hand. He could easily modify it and also take it apart. This doesn't only save space, but also creates an environment where children are using both their bodies and their minds. But the lack of skills and training prevents him from taking action. His other R&D counterpart, Xiaobo, chimes in. I personally feel that my skills are not strong enough. My abilities are limited. Unlike those in design studios, they know 3D design, they know CAD, whatever they think of, they can draw it out. Me? I don't have, I don't have that talent, because I only went to middle school and know nothing about those design tools. I can only rely on my thinking or sudden inspiration. So, like for any bike, I take a long time to think about it. When I have time, I'll think a little bit here and there. The uphill battle isn't only in skill. Copying and price bashing are practically rules of the game. Competition is vicious. In the early days of the bicycle in China, only a few brands were approved by the state. These were the Flying Pigeons and Red Flags, which became household brands. But after China transitioned to a slightly more free market economy, anyone could start a factory and sell a bike. That's how San Hechun got started. That's also how their competitors got started. Only two booths away from us, there was one model that literally took the whole design of our bike. I knew it was our bike the moment I saw it. Xinian and Xiaobo had recently come back from the 26th China International Bicycle and Motor Fair in Shanghai. It was totally our bike. The only thing they did was cover our logo with a sticker of their logo. It was exactly the same. Especially the Hebei folks, they copy us the most. They make low-end bikes, so they'll definitely follow our footsteps. Their prices will be extremely low. Of course, I felt angry. Why do they want to copy us? This creates more pressure for us. 
but at the same time their actions prove that our own bikes have something unique. That's that's why they copy us. If there's nothing unique, they wouldn't imitate us, would they? My opinion, from what I see, they'll only imitate you if you do things well. Imitating shows the product has something worth imitating. No matter how close the imitated good is made to look like the real thing, it still isn't the real deal. The parts, the aesthetics, if they disrupted a tiny part, a small detail, the flavor of the bike changes totally. Because no matter how much you match and imitate, it still is a huge difference from the original. Exactly. Because they imitate us, that means we have some reason worth copying. Clearly, we're still leading the market forward. Despite the confidence in their voices, they're afraid. There's talk among the team that this year will be especially tough. Consumers in China are buying more and more goods online, and they're looking for bikes online too. As President Cao puts it, the copycat bikes are like disposable chopsticks. They'll break after one use. From the product images alone, the cheap Hebei bikes look indistinguishable from Sanghe Shun's bikes, even if they're not as good. So how can Sanghe Shun distinguish themselves and keep on moving forward? How can they achieve President Cao's dream of walking towards the globe, becoming the pride of China? We couldn't help but to ask the two designers a question we've been itching to ask. Do you also imitate others to get ahead? Yeah, to be honest, we copied two. Like the children's bike you saw there, it's the only one that's imitated really closely. But it looks like the adult bike I referenced. I'll also imitate some of the higher-end bikes from the south. But we won't do it like the others. I won't ever copy wholesale. I feel like doing that makes it lose all its meaning, all its soul. I only feel that the bikes from the south, their exterior, their parts, are very good. I want to find ways to make my bike like theirs, to make it feel like theirs. It's only that, nothing more. I will not copy it in its entirety. Copying other people's things, is there any meaning to that? I've never copied it so closely. I'll only find the value that I can use and then make it my own. These Hebei people change nothing but the logo. I just can't bring myself to do that. <laughs> so what do they do to rise beyond the copying war? Innovation is something you can't do without in building a company. If you don't innovate, then it's natural that you'll die. That's also why we keep on doing R&D. If you don't do R&D, you don't innovate, that's the same thing as moving backwards. At the same time, they're the higher-end bikes that are leading the market forward. Only if we keep on innovating can we catch up to them, and perhaps some, sometime in the future even exceed them. Beyond whether they're beating out the copycats through constant innovation, there's another driving force that keeps San Hexun together. San Hexun is one family. For families, there's a concept. Never leave, never cleave. So always, no matter how deep the economic recession is, I will lead this organization forward. I will always lead this organization forward. So I hope that no one will fall behind, but everyone will keep pace and push forward our company's development together. This is why our motto is Sanhexun, one family. 
The town of Wangqingtuo changed after the bicycle factories arrived. In the past, the bicycle was an omen of prosperity, and today, prosperity itself has arrived. The difference is too huge. Before bikes, Wangqingtuo used to be agricultural land. Now that we have the bike industry, all our economic lives have gotten better. The factories just keep popping in. There's so many more buildings. Bicycles of the past were simple. The classic flying pigeon was a black single-speed bike made for the people. One people, one bike. Today, bikes, even children's bikes, are full of bells and whistles, special features, new colors, stickers and materials. New styles are coming out every season, one for every child, every personality. The children's bike market is changing every moment. In San Heshun's showroom itself, there are at least 30 different models catering to every taste. As bikes diversified in form, what bikes are in the eyes of Wang Jingtuo's residents are also changing. The cab drivers we met at the beginning of the story understand that the days when bikes were so precious that you would spend an entire month's salary on one are long gone. Now, they just all sell junk. After 95, when people all started to buy cars, then they all were gradually eliminated. Now, everyone rides speed-changing bikes or $400 to $500 each. The regular $80 to $100 bikes that we make, even in Wangqingtuo, no one rides. That type of bike, you can't ride. The residents of this rural factory town are not slow to complain about the bikes that have made their town. Bikes have become just another commodity, judged by how well they chase the fickle fancies of its buyers. But the bicycles in Wangting Tour carry with them, as all created things do, something else as well. I feel like design is just one aspect. We are the creator of these bikes. These bicycles are like our children. The better bikes of this bicycle town are rebranded, shipped overseas, and sold in shops and department stores worldwide. As commodities, they are far from perfect. As creations, they hold stories of their creators, their scrappy challenges, their inspired limitation, and the transformation of a rural town. This episode was produced by Gloria Chua and Alice Fang as part of the Braden Storytelling Grant at Stanford University. Special thanks to Claire Schoen and Jake Warga from the Stanford Storytelling Project for their unwavering mentorship, and to the residents of Wangting Tour who showered us with limitless hospitality, and to our voiceovers for volunteering their time to this piece. Thank you.